Nicknames, you either love them or you hate them, right? I mean, you love them if they accentuate something about you that you like, that's kind of cool, that, that represents you in the way that you want to be represented. And you hate them when they say something about you that's not true or they describe what you used to be, but you've outgrown that or if you've changed and that label stays with you. How many of you have a nickname or have ever had a nickname? Let me see your hands. So you all understand about that, right? And God, you know, God has a lot to say about his name in the scriptures. And his name is important to him, just like our names are important to us. The reason our names are important to us is because they're part of our identity, who we are. And God says that his name is important to him because it represents who he is as well. So, well, how important is God's name? Well, that's the subject of our talk today. So turn open to uh, Exodus chapter 20, back again to the Ten Commandments, where we're learning how to build successful families by making sure we have a foundation uh, built on God first. And uh, so far, we looked at why God needs to be first, and we looked at why we should have no idols in our lives. Then we come down to verse 7, and here's what God says. He says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. In fact, let's read it all together out loud. Ready? You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Now, how serious does God take that? Well, there's a story in the book of Leviticus, chapter 24, which shows you exactly how serious God is about his name. Verse 10 of Leviticus 24 says, One day, a man who had an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father came out of his tent and got into a fight with one of the Israelite men. During the fight, this son of an Israelite woman blasphemed the name of the Lord with a curse. So the man was brought to Moses for judgment. His mother was Shelomith, the daughter of Debri of the tribe of Dan. They kept the man in custody until the Lord's will in the matter should become clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp and tell all those who heard the curse to lay their hands on his head. Then let the entire community stone him to death. Say to the people of Israel, Those who curse their God will, will be punished for their sin. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be stoned to death by the whole community of Israel. Any native-born Israelite foreigner among you who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. So God, God takes deathly serious his name. And I don't know what this guy said, but it must have been really, really bad. Because God's making a point as Israel goes into the promised land and surrounded by all these pagan nations. He wants to make sure that they reverence him, that they honor him and glorify him. You say, well, why is God so intensely serious about his name the same reason you and i are so intensely serious about our name our names are important to us aren't they i mean your name whether you like it or not represents your sense of worth and value and when somebody makes fun of your name it's like they're making fun of your worth it's like they're making fun of your value of who you are and that can be really really painful when they do that if you've ever had somebody call you a name or if you ever had somebody make fun of your name, all right, or attach something to your name that was not nice, it was negative, you know how painful that can be. I remember when I was in junior high, my parents had just come back from the mission field and plopped me down in a, uh, in a public school system in a central town uh, in central Michigan. 
And uh, it was a tough little town, only a couple thousand people. And everybody either worked in the, in, in the car factories or spent the time in the bar. And usually it was a combination of both. And a lot of fist fighting and stuff like that. And uh, I get dropped in the public school system. And I really was struggling to fit in. Even though I'd come from primitive Papua New Guinea, uh, I found that the public school system was far more primitive in terms of behavior and attitudes. And um, unfortunately, you know, my mom and dad were kind of still dressing and keeping me in the cutting edge of the 1950s. And this was like the dawn of the 70s. So I went to school. I was, I was a fat little kid, freckles on my face. My mom still used Brill Cream in my hair. And uh, that may be the cause of why I've lost it. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and never allowed me to wear jeans, right? And I uh, had to wear the, you know, the dress pants. And, and it just, it was awkward. I mean, everybody's in the long hair. I had the short hair, the whole nine yards. And, and for those of you who are in school, uh, you understand this. You know, at, at school, especially in junior high, kids can be like piranha. And a piranha are interesting fish. I, I saw a documentary on them recently. You know, piranha are predators, but they won't attack unless they sense that the other creature is weak, sick, or in trouble. Then, boom, they attack and take the, you know, the muscle right off the bone. I was struggling. I was weak. I, I was hurting at that time in my life. And I remember a group of boys in that small, high, uh, small junior high, they just kind of, boom, a- attacked. And the way they attacked, one of the ways they attacked was, was by by kind of massacring my name and uh, making fun of me. And, and they gave me a label, and they would call me Hummel the Homo. And uh, I, as a kid, that hurt so bad because that's, that was not my identity. It's not who I was. And you know that saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you? That person is a dirty liar, <laughs> right? So i tell you what. My junior high years, I would have rather had a broken, broken leg or a broken arm. You see, a broken leg and a broken arm are painful, but they heal, and then the pain is gone. But when somebody's constantly attacking your name and your worth and your value and running you down and, and spreading that around, man, that is humiliating. It's painful. The reason I wanted to tell you that story is not to draw attention to me, but I want you to think about times when somebody has said something untruthful or unkind about you. I want you to think about times when somebody's made fun of your name and misrepresented you. You know how much that hurt, right? Well, it hurts God when we misuse his name, when we attack his worth or diminish his value. I mean, nobody can put a price on God, but when we kind of bring him down. Well, how do we do that? How do we misuse God's name? Because we do, even as followers of Jesus, we do. I want to kind of walk through a couple of ways that we misuse God's name And the first way that it happens is when we misuse it as profanity. Now, the word profanity actually comes from a Latin term, two words, pro and phanum. Pro means out of. Phanum means the temple. So profanity means to take the name of a god out of the temple and kind of drag it and denigrate it in the culture. Now, the Bible says, as followers of Jesus Christ, God has a new temple. And his temple is this. It's our lives. 1 Corinthians 3 puts it this way. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? 
God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is what? Finish it with me. And you are that temple. So when I goddamn uh, the kid next to me for uh, messing around with my books or taking my girlfriend or my boyfriend, or when I goddamn the traffic that's just holding me up for my appointment, or when I Jesus Christ the way something's gone wrong in my life, I literally, I literally take God out of his temple, all right, and I use his word in cursing, and I basically, I, I basically devalue who God is in front of others. And we're not supposed to do that. And I know that, that just because you're a Christian and follow Jesus doesn't mean you don't have that issue in your life. I think there are a fair amount of Christians who struggle with profanity because it's always been around them. Their father used it, whose father used it, or their mother, and so forth. And I want to talk for just a few minutes to the parents who are here. And I especially want to talk to fathers and grandfathers. In fact, if you're a dad, would you just raise your hand? Let me see your hands, all right? You know, dads... Um, you and I have such an impact on our kids' lives by the way we act and the way we speak. And our kids watch us, especially when they're young, to see what we do when the hammer hits our thumb in many ways in life, right? And if when the hammer hits our thumb, out comes profanity, out comes taking God's name in vain, that little echo gets stored in a little brain cell back here. And it's addictive, I think cussing is as addictive as alcohol or any other kind of drug. Gets in our system and then what happens is as they get older and they get mad, out comes the same words. They learned it from us. And I know women can struggle with this too. I was just talking to dads because I think there's a big issue there. So here's what I want you to do. All of us, single, married, men, women, if you have a problem with profanity... I want you in a family structure, I want you today, before the night is over, to sit your family around the table, dad, maybe mom, and I want you to confess it to them. I want you to say, you know what? Message hit home today. I admit that when I'm upset, I have taken and do take God's name in vain and profanity. And I'm sorry for it. And I want you to help me stop it. Will you forgive me? And I know that they will. So there's a little project I want to give you. I want you to go out and get a jar Pickle jar, baby bottle, whatever jar you want. I want you to put it in the home. And here's what I want you to do. Every time you take God's word and you curse with, or God's name and you curse with his name, I want you to put a buck in the jar. Okay? Every time it happens. Now, here's what we're going to do. There's a, a church that I work with in the Philippines in a place called Baguio City. And uh, Pastor Art Tagas is the pastor there. And they have about 200 working class, working class poor in the church. And right next to him is a whole abandoned apartment that's been filled up by Muslims. And they started a school at this little church. And uh, it's a Christian school. And the Muslim parents are sending their kids to the Christian school where they're hearing about God's love and grace. But the Christian organization they're attached to is thinking about shutting the school down. They don't have enough books in their library. And they need about four to $5,000 to raise the money to buy those books. So we're going to take the money from taking God's name and uh, using God's name and cursing with it, and we're going to help uh, them buy the books they need in their school. Now, some of you are sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, well, Pastor, I'm sure there's some people who have that problem, but i got to be honest with you, I, I rarely, if ever, take God's name and curse with God's name like that. I don't, you know, say GD and 
you know, Jesus Christ and stuff like that. So I'm kind of worried you're not going to have enough money to buy books. <laughs> this is brand, by the way, it's a brand new uh, fundraising uh, uh, thing I'm on. It's a new idea. Uh, but you know what? I'm not worried because of the next way we misuse God's name. I'm afraid we may not have jars big enough. Listen to this. The second way we misuse God's name is when we use God's name as an exclamation. When we use God's name as an exclamation. This is so pervasive in our society that people don't even know they're doing it. I'm talking about when you or your kids all right, are in a conversation and it's like, you know, oh God, I can't believe he wants to go out with me. All right, exclamation. God, did you see what just took place there? Oh God, no, I would never do that. You know, we just, we just say God right out of our mouths as though it was the word but or and or the word like, like, you know, like, and I had this role and it was like so cool because like God, this God that we don't even know is coming out of our tongue, out of our mouth and rolling off our tongues. In fact, uh, when our team was out doing um, the person on the street video, they were interviewing people, and uh, they asked this one particular gentleman if he used God's name in vain. And, and if so, how many times? He thinks and finally says, uh, zero. And then they turn around and they ask him the next question about idolatry, and I want you to watch what he does. Listen, or listen to what he does. How many times a day, in one day, would you say you use the word God? Um... On a daily basis, maybe zero. Have you ever worshipped Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. (laughs) All right. Gotcha. Okay. Now, you and I laugh at that, but I'm telling you what, a lot of us do the same thing without even thinking. All right. It's become so commonplace. I mean, why don't we walk around saying, Oh, Mohammed, you should have seen what happened to me today. I mean, your life would be threatened if you did that, right? Or, Oh, Buddha, I can't believe I got to go and do that. Oh, Confucius, I'm so happy. I mean, we don't say that. We don't do that. Why? But why is it okay to say, Oh, God, this, and Oh, God, that, and God, you did this, and God, you are, and Oh, God, we're going to have a good time. God, 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 God. Why is that? Because I think in our culture, there's a dumbing down of God. There's a dumbing down of the value of who God is. And listen carefully, because it has a ripple effect, even in a culture that that doesn't believe in God so much anymore. If I start to dumb God down, if I get God down to common language, what happens is I lose respect for God and reverence for his authority. Once you lose respect for God and reverence for his authority and a standard of truth, you begin to see the corrosion of respect for any authority. If you want to know what one of the things that's wrong in America today, it is the fact that we don't have respect for authority. It's increasing more and more lack of respect for authority except for my own authority. It's scary, it's dangerous, we see it in families, we see it in schools. And I'm telling you, the only way back, and mom and dad listen carefully, you've got to lay the bedrock, the foundation in your home. You've got to get yourselves and your kids to begin to respect and reverence the authority of God again. 
God's name must become not common, but uncommon in the sense that we only use his name in worship, in prayer, in conversation with him. When we're witnessing and speaking about him, we do it in a way that's holy and glorifying to him. See, before you can expect to do any other kind of parental advice, before I can teach you any parenting uh, tips, you've got to start by making sure that your family reverence and respects the authority of God. So, that same jar, I want you to put it in a key place in your house. And every time somebody just says God in name flippantly, you put some change in there. And then here's the other thing I want you to do. I want you to take this jar, and any time you watch television or a, vis- or a video, DVD, I want you to put this jar on the TV or on the chair, and any time you hear somebody on television saying God in some way, I want you to plunk some change in there. I don't think we have any problem raising money, do you? <laughs> you say, man, you can't, I mean, I honestly, I tried it today. I don't think you can watch two minutes without somebody saying God this or God that. So, you know, that's how we're going to take the money, all right, that people misuse God's name with, and we're actually going to buy books for a Christian school. Isn't that very cool? Yeah. Some of you are like, this could make me very poor. Let's stop watching TV and spend time with your family. Novel idea. All right, let's move on before I get in bigger trouble. Number three, we also, we also misuse God's name through forgery. What I mean by that is we misuse God's name when we say that God said something he didn't say. I've had, over the years, I've had many people come to me and say, Pastor, God spoke to me. For instance, here's an example, and I kid you not. God, I, God has spoken to me, and I know he wants me to be happy, so I'm going to get this divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did God ever say that? Or, Pastor, you know what? I've decided that God made me this way. This is my, my sexual orientation or, or, or whatever. And so I, I'm, I'm just not going to change. This is who I'm going to be. You have got to be careful. When you say God said something to you, you need to make sure that it's really something he said. I hear the pastors and teachers struggle with this. You know, sometimes we'll say, well, God has spoken to me. And then we share what God has said to us. Now, you don't see it with all TV evangelists, but there seems to be a whole bunch of them that love to talk about money all the time. Have you noticed that? And while they're talking about money, they'll, have you ever seen someone, they'll do that, wait a minute, wait a minute, oh, God's speaking to me right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God has just revealed to me that there are 100 people in this room right now. You have $100, and if you give it, in the next 30 minutes, God's going to bring you back a thousandfold. There's just something sneaky and suspicious about that, isn't there? You know what? That's a very scary place to be because the Bible says that as pastors and teachers, we are going to be held even more accountable for every word that comes out of our mouths. That's why few should choose it. That's a scary thing. I've had people over the years use the God thing to intimidate me. Pastor, I've been praying and I feel God really speaking to me and then they tell me the program I'm supposed to start or the change I'm supposed to make or the thing I'm supposed to stop. Because God revealed it to him. I believe God can speak to us today. I really do. But it will never be in contradiction to his word. It will always be in accordance with his word. So I'm just saying to be careful when you say that God has said something to you. Ask yourself, did God really say that to you? Because you misuse his name when you say he said it and he didn't. Alright, there's another way that we misuse God's name. 
And that is when we misrepresent him. You know, the saying is trite, but it's true. Actions finish it for me. Speak louder. Oh, that was lame. Man, man. Let's try it one more time. It's true, isn't it? I mean, if you call yourself a Christian, right? But you don't live and behave like one. You make moral choices on a regular basis that are not Christian. You make ethical choices on a regular basis that are not Christian ethics. When you have an attitude or you behave and use language and, and you practice your business. When you're talking about other people, when you're gossiping, when you're critical, when you're judgmental. The world listens and watches and goes, man, why do I want to be a Christian like you? You're no different than me. You just go to church once in a while. I mean, Christian means Christ's follower. And we misuse God's name when we claim to be a Christ follower, but we live differently. You know, the book of Titus, it says this in chapter 1 and verse 15. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving. Because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Man, I hope that's not true about you or me. But listen to what Paul says over here in the next passage, Colossians. Read it with me. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. There's a story about Alexander the Great. It may be a legend, it may be true, I don't know. But you know, Alexander was a courageous man. There was not a bone of fear in his body. And oftentimes, he would lead his troops into battle. He'd be the first one out there going into battle. Story has it that one day, he had all his troops lined up. He was on his horse. He was rallying them for the next war. And he noticed one of his soldiers retreating and running away. He galloped his horse and he caught up with the soldier and said, What's your name? Soldier said, Alexander, sir. He said, what's your name? Got a little bit nervous, a little trembling. He goes, "Uh, Alexander, sir. He said, were you running away from the battle? The guy knew he'd been had, wasn't going to lie, knew he'd be in worse trouble than he probably already was in. And so trembling, he said, yes, yes, sir, I was. The story says that Alexander the Great got off of his horse walked over to the man, got nose to nose to him and said, Soldier, you either change your name or you change your direction. If you're going to call yourself Alexander, my name, then you need to be courageous like I am. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, Christ followers, let's then live like Christ. I'm not asked to be perfect. Nobody in this room is. I certainly am not perfect. I certainly blow it. There are times when I open my mouth and I know Jesus isn't coming out. I had an incident like that this week. I am not a mechanical person, folks. It's a mess when I try to fix something. A 10-minute job turns into a a half-a-day job. I usually have to call my wife in to take care of it. But uh, my my trimmer, it ran out of the stuff on there, you know, the wire, the string, whatever it's called. I had, I had to go get a new one. That wasn't so complicated. But one of my sprinkler heads broke. So I've got it in three pieces, my hands full of mud, right? I'm trying to get this done uh, amongst, amongst a bunch of other things. And uh, Marsha's out of town, so I can't have her fix it. So I go, I go into local hardware, and I walk in, right? 
Okay, all I do is I walk in. This is not preacher embellishment, okay? All I do is I walk in. The guy who works there sees me. He comes walking up to me and he goes, Oh, he goes, we don't carry those in this store. We don't have any of those. And I'm like, I just looked at him and I said, Well, thanks a lot. You were a lot of help. And I walked out. And as I'm walking out, I'm just feeling like, you dope, Dale. I mean, that wasn't Jesus. Jesus wouldn't say that to this guy. And I'm just sitting there going, man, God, help me to be who you are. So none of us are perfect, okay? But see, the difference between a person who ignores it and a person who makes the changes is you recognize you're not being Christ-like you repent and you turn your attitude around. You say, now, Jesus, make me more like you. Or you go back and you say, I'm sorry. See what I'm trying to say? So I'm not saying you got to be perfect here. But I'm saying that we need to really represent Christ the best way we can. Because the world is watching us. So, Pastor, you've showed us how we misuse God's name. How can we use it right? How, I mean, what's the best way to, to really honor God's name? Well, the passages teach us. Psalm 9. Read this with me out loud. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Don't you love that? Those who know your name trust in you. Psalm 33. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. Finish it with me. For we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Why is our hope in him alone? Why should we trust his name? Listen to what Paul said, in the, or Luke said in the book of Acts chapter 4. He said, there's salvation in no one else. God has given, finish it with me, no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And then Paul said in the book of Romans, For everyone who calls on the what? Name of the Lord will be saved. Now, who's that name that he's talking about? What is that name that he's revealed? It is the name that he has given to his son, who has always been with him. But when he became a man on earth, this is the name that we call upon. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor, and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. That's why we shouldn't misuse God's name. I mean, who named God? Nobody. Because God doesn't depend on anyone for his existence. So God named himself. Why? So that he could reveal something of himself to you and to me. And throughout the Bible we have these beautiful names of God that he gives to us so we can relate to him. So we can understand him. So we can love him and know something about him. And he doesn't want his name. He doesn't want his name misused because it's a gift and it's precious to us. So I thought this morning as we end in worship. That we would say some of these names that God has used to reveal himself, especially in the Old Testament. So I want to ask you to stand and respect and reverence for God. I'm going to ask that through our entire time now to the last song, that you don't leave unless you absolutely have to. If you're a volunteer, just stay in. I want this to be a worshipful time. 
I'm going to read the name of God in Hebrew. I want you to read with energy and passion the English translation. All right? So here we go. Adonai, Jehovah. El Elyon. El Olam. El Shaddai. Jehovah Elohim. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Rofeka. Don't lose steam. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Tzikkenu. Jehovah Mekadishkem. Jehovah Sabaoth. Jehovah Shema. Let's pick it up now. Jehovah Rohi. Jehovah Hosinu. And finally, Jehovah Elhuinu. Oh God, we thank you so much for how you, in all of your glory and all of your grace, have chosen to reveal yourself to us. You are the sovereign God. You are the God of peace. You are the God of strength. You are the God who provides. You are the God who shepherds. You are the God who loves. You're the God who gave us your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, whose name Yeshua means Savior. And your name is holy. And we ask you to forgive us this day for when we have misused your name in profanity or in just common language, when we have said things that you have said that you've never said, when we have misrepresented you by our actions, forgive us. In these few moments of silence right now, where you are, would you just confess any misuse of God's name in your life? Just confess it to him. He wants to forgive you. He loves you. Whether you're young or old, just confess. Oh God, thank you that you are God who forgives. That when we confess our sins, you're faithful and just. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us all in righteousness. You love us so much. You're never going to give up on us. You deserve our worship, oh God. In our homes and our families, you deserve first place. You deserve all our reverence and our respect. And we want to give that to you no matter what the culture does. We want to lift your name on high. We want to worship you and honor and glorify you. So hear us now. Lord, as we sing words of praise to you and to your name.